0: presentation of Main Street Media. Your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. 30 years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee. Featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Cindrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster.
1: Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. I'd almost gotten to the point where I had memorized the words on a beautiful Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, you know what? Not so fast, Lee Corso. Uh, If you're watching the show live, there is some heavy stuff moving into the Nashville area right now in looking at the radar they're saying 13 minutes away from Bellevue, 20 minutes away from Bell Mead, around 25 minutes away from both Tennessee State and Vanderbilt. It is a heavy line of red stuff. And that's your staff meteorologist giving you that little warning if you're watching the show live. For the rest of us, man, we need the rain, big time. Okay, let's head up to the plateau. And say hello to Coach Watson. Brown Watson, it's really sad when rain gets us this
2: fired up. George, I, meteor, meteorologist that you have become through the years, mm-hmm. red stuff—that's a new term yeah. in in uh, in uh, the meteorologist world. Right. Red stuff.
1: Listen, the TV stations—they're into saying our Doppler is bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you'd like that. And so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on. They all try to show you these fancy radars, but this stuff in, in fairness to all of them, this stuff has saved lives. And so good for them that it has.
2: Well, I, I just, I just think they need to be listening to this show because they can improve themselves. I mean, no question. Red stuff. That's a that's a term yeah. they can pick up now. Look at the red stuff coming to the from the west.
1: Listen, when it <laughs> gets red, it's serious. <laughs> or as the chair used to be, Watson, when you were at Vandy, I'd rather be dead than red. I would hear that at times when y'all played Alabama.
2: <laughs> well, we were dead old. a lot. <laughs> Okay, there, let's move there, on There a were a lot storm. of funerals then, if that's the case. Got a lot. Got we, did, really, we did lose really to them a few times. Some close, some not, but we lost to them a few
1: times. Billy, you've been monitoring the storm as well.
3: Yes, I have. the The, the red stuff is is prevalent right, right now. How How did you monitor? Uh, I mean, I'm 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 just seeing a lot of red, George. Right.
1: Because I came over and showed it to yeah. you.
3: W- without you, I would have never known how serious this was. Uh, right. I I need I needed that meteorology expert from you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I can <laughs> tell it really moved you.
2: Next team, the next team we bring in here, whether it's a baseball team, whatever, we can call them the Nashville Red Stuffs. That would be a. Then George Plaster came up with a name. I think that'd be pretty good. The Red Stuffs.
3: And, by and the, the way, the mantra can be "I'd rather be red than dead." By
1: the way if you're watching this live Davidson Cheatham Williamson and Dixon counties under a tornado warning warning
3: warning
2: that's serious stuff that, it's, it, that it just the started it just stopped
3: and it started as a thunderstorm warning yeah. so it, it's shifted that's, to tornado
2: that went from red stuff to serious stuff that's a different yeah. stuff that is different
1: stuff you need
2: to listen to that
1: one I'll keep people updated. As conditions warrant, uh, we're not laughing. We're smirking a little, but tornado warnings are nothing to laugh about. No. Terry McCormick joins us for his daily Titans update. Terry, congratulations on the Yankees win last night. Thank you, George. I appreciate that. I know you're not sincere when you say that, though. This is one time I kind of am. Really? You know why? I don't have a clue. They were my bet of the day last oh, night. gotcha. And so I put all, you know, I put all true feelings aside to get a win right now. So were too so you would do it you had my record.
4: In interest of the almighty dollar, basically.
1: No, I'm just talking about <laughs> the plaster bet of the day. Okay. Gotcha. Yesterday, we had a hard time with the connection getting with you. Tell us what's going on in the bye week with the
4: Titans. Well, the Titans had a practice today. That's not a practice that's open to the media, but they have a practice or had a practice schedule for today. Once that was complete, they turned all the healthy players loose for the weekend. They don't have to report back until Monday. The ones who are still nursing injuries and rehabbing and, doing those things have to stick around in order to get their necessary treatment uh, so that they can continue that rehab and maybe get closer to being able to come back. So that's really kind of where it stands right now with the Titans uh, as far as things go in the bye week.
1: Terry, I know that gosh, four or five weeks from now, somebody will say, man, I wish we had the bye week right now, but this team desperately needs it.
4: Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, this team is beat up, battered. You know, they've already put, I think, 11 or 12 guys on IR since the start of the season. They're headed right back down the same path, it feels like, of last year when they went through an NFL record 91 players. And when you're going through that many players in a season, I think they're already up to like 64 or something like that through five games. You know, it's incredible that they've been able to find ways to win ball games. But uh, yeah, they you know, it's almost like they could use a buy later on, but right now they'll absolutely take it just for all the injuries that have hit them at the start of the year.
1: Terry, are there some players in particular that you believe couldn't have played this weekend, but with this bye week will be ready when the Colts come in?
4: I think it's possible that they could get maybe Bud Dupree or Zach Cunningham, some of those guys back. Uh, Monty Rice, who was activated but really didn't do a whole lot, probably could be able to do a little more uh, after the bye week. Uh, You know, Mike Brable said it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would activate Racy McMath and Elijah Molden from IR, but that's far from a certainty. So, who knows if those guys will actually be ready to play when they come back from the bye, although they are eligible to be activated from injured reserve as we are now past the four game mark for both of them.
1: Watson, that bye week, I know I'll hear it in November. Yeah. But man, they needed it now.
2: Yeah, they need it. But it, I just think, man, it's a long haul once this bye week's over. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of tough games to go. But to me, I'm, I'm, I'm good because, they're again, they're in an easy division. If they just win their share, I think they can win the division. If they win the division, they're no worse than a four seed. So, I mean, just play good, solid football. The league right now looks mediocre to me. I don't see anybody that's just absolutely in front of everybody else other than maybe Buffalo. The Chiefs looked average and, and should have lost to the other night. We we know the Raiders are just average. I I don't see anybody, I don't think they ought to be losing their cooler. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? We need to change this, we need to change that. Just win their share of games and and keep getting forward, keep going forward and and build to the playoffs
4: because that's what it's gonna be all about anyway. I agree with that completely, Watson. I'm going to throw something out at you guys because I'm going to write about this later in the week and kind of get your take on it. To me, throughout all these injuries and everything that they've gone through, the one constant I think is kind of really overlooked a little bit is the fact that they've been able to keep Ryan Tannehill up and available despite some you know messy, nasty shots he's taken in the last couple of years. The fact that he's been able to answer the bell Every single week has made a big difference in this football team being able to compete week in and week out. Because, you know, you can mask a, you know, losing a defensive end, losing an offensive guard, losing a safety. There are ways to scheme and mask those things. It's hard to mask losing your quarterback, the guy who is your leader, your field general, and touches the ball on virtually every snap.
1: Terry, the bottom line is you can take some shots at him on certain things, but the guy is tougher. Than Birmingham Steel. This guy is tough. Watson. That was,
2: that was my lead-in Monday in the analysis, Terry. Is uh uh the difference in that game last Sunday was the quarterback. Ours is a whole lot tougher than theirs. Ours will sit in a pocket and throw right through people, and theirs is leaning backwards and forwards and falling sideways and throwing flinching every time he lets a ball go. And Ryan Tannehill don't ever do that. And and I think he's the epitome of the Titans. I told George Mundy, uh, the Titans to me comes from Mike. They have they play with great effort and they have a competitive physicality about them. I don't mean they overpower everybody, but they'll get after you. And if they get beat, they get right back up off the ground and go again. And they don't back down from anybody in that way. And I think that's Ryan Daniel. And I think he's the epitome of that through the whole team. And I think the whole team sees that in him. That's why I think he has the respect he has within the team. And he don't make all the plays all the time. But he is
4: highly respected on that football team.
1: There's your quote for the story.
4: Absolutely. You know, and I agree with you, Watson, because I think – you know, you saw how those guys rallied to his defense even after he played poorly in that playoff game. Yeah. So they had his back to a man in that locker room and on that coaching staff. Absolutely, and I think it's
2: because of what we're talking about. They respect that he gets up every time and goes again. He don't miss games. He don't complain. He never, you never see him like Brady over fussing at the lineman or or whatever. This kid just gets up and plays, and you got to love that as a teammate, man. Terry,
1: we got to run. All right. Have a good one. Terry McCormick, Daily Titans Update, leads off the show every day during football season.
3: No doubt about it, George. And it's sponsored by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset, Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call today at 615-906-8458. And also, don't forget about Sumner, Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need, now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville. And find them online at SumnerFuneral.com. Okay, we start today's update with, as I scroll up here, George Braves and Phillies. Of course, in the rain delay right now. That's game two of the NLDS tonight. Of course, the Phillies won last night. It was supposed to start at 3.30 And the Braves have Kyle Wright on the mound, George. I ask you this. Not
1: anytime soon, they don't.
3: No, but how does this affect Kyle Wright tonight in a very important game for Atlanta?
1: Well, first of all, here, any of you watching this live, we've got a tornado warning for Davidson, Cheatham, Williamson, and Dixon counties with wind gusts anywhere from 55 to 65 miles per hour. So we're getting some serious stuff that's sort of heading into the Bellevue area right now. Watson, down south of here, uh, the the decision was made, gosh, an hour and a half ago, Braves, Phillies, not going to start on time. 3.30 Nashville time was when it was supposed to start. They're saying they will not start down there before 6.30 Nashville time. Which is great for me. I want to see it, but in looking at the radar, it's all the way back, way into Alabama. It might be a long night at Old Truist Park.
2: Yeah, they're, they're trying. I'm sure they set a time that it's supposed to be through there. Uh, I see it, it's supposed to get to cook bowl here around six o'clock, but it's supposed to back die down a little bit as it comes up the plateaus. What it's saying on my my weatherman is telling uh, me that. Yes. Uh, one who I, one
1: who
5: can I go. I bet you that's the what stop. they're doing.
2: They they know what time it's going to get through Atlanta and they're they're going to start. And it's clear after it clears because it's a it's a heavy cold front.
1: Yeah. Billy, as to does this help anybody, I don't know. I, I can't figure out. The Braves have been a significantly better team at night than they have been. You know, during the day. I mean, go figure. I have no idea. Right. Why. And the truth of it is, they don't either.
3: Yeah. You just hear a lot of times. That's what everybody's talking about when you get a break like this. You know, two to three hours of of not doing anything for the starting pitcher. So that will be interesting, George. We've also got Game Two of Dodgers Padres tonight. So you'll have simultaneous baseball tonight for uh for any baseball junkie. So we'll see what time the Braves end up getting started. But uh, George. We've also got uh, college basketball news. Uh, Penny Hardaway has been extended uh, down at Memphis. He has agreed to a contract extension through the 2028 season worth $16.5 million over uh, the life of the deal uh, that was announced earlier today. So uh, Penny Hardaway, even though it hasn't been quite what uh, Memphis fans had expected, he gets his
6: extension.
1: Watson, when he got um, exonerated, I guess, by the independent, whatever, uh, that is not the NCAA infractions committee. I guess Memphis used that as the signal to, to give him the extension.
2: Well, what I think George is they wanted, they wanted to extend him, but they knew they couldn't until this was settled. Right. And uh, so as soon as it was, I think they extended him. And I think what I see in him, I think he's going to do nothing but get better. He was very inexperienced at this when he first started, uh, knowing rules, coaching college basketball, everything. And he's getting better and better. And I think they see that. And being one of their own, I think they wanted to extend him and and keep him. Oh,
1: listen, from from a season ticket standpoint, he's been great for that school. It's a basketball school. You know, I I hear all the – You know, they've gotten better at football, but it will always be a basketball school. And frankly, the next thing they need to do is go back to being Memphis State, bag (laughs) University of Memphis.
2: I think you can forget that one,
1: buddy. Yeah, you're probably right. What else you got, Billy?
3: We've also got uh, NFL news, George. Uh, Devontae Adams, Raiders wide receiver, has been charged with misdemeanor assault after uh, shoving the photographer. I thought this was interesting too, George. Uh, his, his name is Ryan Zebley, the photographer. He's claiming to have suffered whiplash, uh, headaches, and a possible concussion. So that ended up being a little bit worse than than I, than I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really know, Watson, what to say other than you just can't do that.
2: Uh I don't know what to say there. Uh, it's I, I just, I just know I've seen those guys step in front of me many, many, many times. They, that once that thing starts and they got to have that look, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough both ways. But the reason I say it's on the player, he, he understands when he becomes an NFL player, he's got to handle that kind of stuff. And uh, you can't let the emotions of losing or not getting the ball on the last play, or running a pass route, and you get knocked down by one of your receivers when I think the ball was supposed to go to him on a deep post, and yep. and he got knocked down. You can't let it carry over into society, into society and that's what he did.
3: Yeah. That do it? no we got one more George. one more former Angels employee uh, has gotten 22 years in the death of Tyler Skaggs um, he was sentenced to 22 years uh, for providing Skaggs the drugs that led to his overdose in Texas so now
1: here's the backstory the judge who sentenced him he has to serve 20 years of it and the judge came out and said that a tape that the prosecution got from a phone call while he was in prison where he basically said, Skaggs is dead. Who cares? You know, mm. that's not real good. That's not showing the kind of remorse and the, the judge absolutely nailed him. Okay. Don't need to say anything. Do we? No. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do go to the break. If you're watching this live, Davidson, Cheatham, Williamson, and Dixon counties at the moment are under tornado warnings. After the break, Billy Derrick catches up with Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074, and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies
1: will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time.
6: I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000.
5: This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric.com at RockCastleWealth.com.
1: Well, the bottom line on Vandy football over the weekend was this. A really good first half that got marred by an Ole Miss touchdown right before the buzzer. So Vandy's lead at the intermission was only 20-17. to 17. They had played very good football. The second half, an absolute disaster, and Ole Miss one in a cakewalk. Now it's on to Georgia down in Athens. 2.30 start time. It won't be easy to say the least. And Billy Derrick, earlier today, caught up with Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee.
3: Coach, you got another uh, SEC road test coming up on Saturday as uh, your guys travel down to Athens, Georgia to face number one Georgia Bulldogs. Before we talk about that matchup, as you throw in the tape of the Ole Miss loss, yeah. of course, you look at that first half, got to be pleased except for kind of that final you know minute or two of that first half. Kind of Ending first halves uh, a little bit better. Has that been kind of an adjustment that you guys uh, want, want to do?
8: Yeah, I mean, we, we um, certainly. I felt like we had a, an opportunity in the game to to really steal momentum heading into the half, and we, we let Ole Miss off the hook. It started with the kickoff return that put them in good position, and they were able. You want to you, you want to force a team to to be kind of uh, left-handed there in a in a two-minute drive, but they were almost to midfield and they had you know they had all their play options available and unfortunately we we allowed for a post which in that situation is is um you know a critical breakdown and and um you know that that set up their score um but hey we had a a three-point lead at half and you know i think we went into half and, and didn't necessarily lose energy as a result of that final drive um just weren't able to get back to what we had, what what, what had built the success in the first half and obviously that was disappointing um, and uh, in the end once we move past the pain of the result I think we look at that first half and say this is what um, this team is capable of, now how do we capture that and replicate it and, and carry it forward with us.
3: Coach, oftentimes SEC stretches like this can challenge the culture of a program and and oftentimes even, you know, define a team th- throughout a season, you know, through this stretch right in the middle of it, um, what's been your message to the guys in the locker room
8: kind of throughout it in, in that, you know, th- this, this could really help us down the road? Well, <clears throat> we're looking for, you know, contacts as we experience this. And right now, you know, we've, we've lost three games against three top 15 teams, two of which are top 10 teams. And we're developing a program against the country's best right now. You know, this will be... The first time in school history we played three top 10 teams in consecutive weeks. Um, and, um, and so, you know, what we're learning about ourselves is kind of the gaps we need to close. Um, and, and for a young team and for a developing team, that's a challenge. But I also think we're, we're noticing progress being made while we're in the fight here, and uh, we expect to carry that progress down to Athens. Um, and, um, you know, anytime you go through a stretch of games like this where, again, you're competing against the, the highest level in the country, um, certainly it's, it's challenging when you don't get results, but also I think it can be formative and, and certainly it's a situation where um, we're building to our competitive best. We're building to that highest level as a team that we've been talking about since um, the summer and you know I'm excited to see that come to fruition this Saturday against Georgia and I'm excited to build upon that you know as we close out the season the back half of the schedule. As of late it looks like the
3: offense is kind of starting to find its shape and, and you know take shape uh, what does that say about the work that the offensive staff with Coach Lynch and everybody in that offensive staff but also the players the offensive line everybody that deserves credit what does it say about the work that, that they've put in?
8: Well, it's impressive. Um, you know, I think if you would have gone back a year ago and and um, and you know commented on the offense, you would have seen a group that was struggling. You know, struggling to pass protect, struggling to run the ball, um, struggling to find completions. Um, and the strides that we've made in a year have everything to do with continuity, have everything to do with relationships, um, with good design, and with developing players. And. Um, that's a unit that's playing with some confidence right now, and they need to continue that. And we have some young playmakers that have stepped up, and um, we're also leaning on some veterans, and Ray Davis and Will Shepard that have been able to play to their to their level, and we'll need to continue that because on the other side of the ball, you know, we're a work in progress, and it's it's. Um, I think there's been some good defensively. I think the one thing that I take week in week out is that we play really hard, you know, but. In the end, that's not the objective. That's the standard. We're looking to play defense uh, that allows for us to win games, and um, you know we haven't been able to do that here um, in the in the conference yet. But again, this is a great opportunity for us this weekend, and we just have to fo- focus on continuing to improve our team and, and to continue to make that progress internally. Because um, you know, for us, the trajectory is there, and we're we're excited about um, the opportunities we have including this weekend to to find again that highest level as a team
3: catch I remember talking to you when, when we first talked uh, before the season even started you know you described this team as a young team that, that's you know trying to find themselves um, and young players have have, have seen opportunities and, and been received you know those opportunities. What does it say that, you know, a guy like Jay McGowan offensively makes, makes a play like he did on the sideline? And even, you know, a younger guy like DeRicky Wright is starting to step into his own. So, yeah. you know, the young players, what, what, how do you balance the fact that, you know, you want to put your best players out there, but you also want to, right. to help them gain experience?
8: Well, we're, we're focused on putting the best 11 on the field, and we feel like the young players that we're playing – you know, um, represent that best 11. You know, we need to close spaces on defense. We need to create explosive plays on offense. Um, you know, we have guys that can do that. Um, you know, the, the experience uh, is important um, because the game slows down. And so, again, in the first half, um, you've got a, um, a sequence where you know, we we have a, a quarter's coverage, and Durycki right closes the middle, and we force the quarterback off his mark, and we play from a dominant position, an aggressive position, and uh, Durycki makes an interception. It's a big play for this uh, program in that moment. Um, you know, that's that that he is capable of that, and so now taking the things he did in that in that sequence to set up the the play. You know, now it's a, again about replicating that process and, and carrying it forward. Um, the play that Jaden made was something we've seen from him in fall camp and in practice, and um, it was it was exciting to see him get a chance to do it on that stage. And we expect more of it from him. I think getting Quincy Skinner back and Gamarion Carter back, and having um, you know Will Shepard doing what he's doing, has given us a chance to to really feature Jaden in ways that fit his strengths. And um, you know, we you know, again, I'm excited to watch him continue to grow and um, hopefully make more plays like that.
3: Coach, uh, you've had many many uh, defensive challenges, of course, with with teams that you faced. I love asking you about the defensive aspect of of, of football with with Georgia. Um, Obviously, they're a little bit different than what they did last year, uh, but they still want to establish the run. But they run the ball in different ways. We talked about Ole Miss and how they run it. They'll also run it with their tight end. So uh, what's the challenge of facing a Georgia team, both offensively but also with their defense?
8: Well, they, they, you know, offensively their quarterback's really good and he's really confident. And um, it's, 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 um, it's fun to watch him at work. Um, he, he's, he's athletic, so he can extend plays. And he's been able to, to score points and be explosive on the ground. Um, the tight ends are, are really, really good. And they have, uh, they, they feature them in a nice way and over patterns and, you know, in finding voids and zones. We're going to have to be disciplined, and, and um, we're going to have to be on body, and you know we're going to have to make plays on the ball. Um, they also have the ability to open up the shot game in, in their passing attack too. And so some of the ways we've been challenged this season, one-on-ones on the perimeter, eye discipline, uh, double moves, that'll show up on Saturday as well. And so we need to put that together in the secondary while also you know fitting our structures and stopping the run because – um, you know they have the ability to be explosive in that in that uh, facet as well. So it's a it's a multifaceted offense um, that runs through the quarterback and the tight ends, and um, you know it'll be a unique, unique challenge to to uh, bottle them up, different than some of the, the more spread oriented attacks that we've faced, um, but but equally challenging. Um, their defense, you know, I think is a, a group that um, is well coached. They play well together. They play hard. Um, you know, they, they have a, a good scheme. And Coach Smart's done a nice job recruiting and developing um, on defense there. And so they really haven't skipped a beat. You know, they they um, they're, they eliminate space quickly. It's hard to get uh, room on them. So we're going to have to be creative in design, and, and our playmakers are going to have to step up and make plays. And um, I know our guys are excited to do that. So, yeah, I look forward to watching them do it.
3: Got another SEC test on the road for Vanderbilt as they head down to Athens to face the Georgia Bulldogs. we got Coach Lee here to preview it. Coach, thanks for taking the time.
8: Great to be
1: with you. Okay, we'll uh, we'll do this. What we will do is come back and talk the good and the bad, and we'll start with a positive after the break in this freshman, A.J. Swan, the quarterback. This guy can play... And now the question is, how do they keep him? I'll talk with Watson about that. When we come back, this is Main Street Media Television.
5: For
3: Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com.
0: At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way, 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties have you heard about the high levels of radon in middle tennessee radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer second only to smoking and has no color no taste and no smell the only way to know if you have radon is to test for it Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Last five minutes than we have had
1: in the last month. And, uh, part of it, if it doesn't get really severe is nice because we definitely need the rain. So to our shock, we're back on and Watson, let's see if we can bring him up. Watson, can you hear me? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little Vanderbilt. I sit there and I watch A.J. Swan Saturday. And the, the book on him, he's a kid from down in Georgia. They had to fight off Maryland to get him. He was apparently priority number one is what I'm hearing in their recruiting stuff uh, in the winter. So they've got themselves a guy that I believe is a Division one quarterback in virtually any way you want to slice it. He can run some. He's got a just a rocket for an arm. He's accurate. So he's got all the stuff you want. That's a piece of the rebuild for Clark Lee that for the moment, he's A-OK. But then the thought hits me, okay, how do they keep him? Because anybody that's any good that's looking for a quarterback is going to have this tape of the first half of the old miss game and go whoa look at this we need to reach out and we need to we need to see is he willing to go through three more years of this or would he rather come to us
2: well i think that's a little premature he's got to he's got to nobody's going to take a half a game tape and put their whole program on that they're not going to do that but if he keeps playing well in time, sooner or later they might deal with that. That's the way of the business now. I might not be the best one to talk about that because I never went through it. I, right. I, it's a different world right now that everybody's grabbing everybody's players. And I do know from listening to other coaches, there's illegalities going on. I mean, all you got to oh, sure. do is find somebody within structure, family uh, that – that you could get word to that this team will take you if you go to the transfer portal. I mean, it's tough. And if I think if I was a coach, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring it up. I wouldn't even go there. I just keep coaching him and uh, let it play itself out. Now if I catch wind of it in some way, then you may have to re-recruit him a little bit. I mean, it's a a shame that you recruit one to come and play for you, and then you got to recruit him again after he gets there. But, uh, you know, this stuff, this transfer portal, George, has changed college football. I think it's changed it even more in NIL. It's, uh, It's serious business. Alabama's bringing a very good running back to Knoxville, Tennessee, that was a good player on a poor team. Uh, that left and, and left Georgia tech and went to Alabama and he's playing fantastic for the tide right now. This is kind of the going thing. And, uh, but I think if I was a coach, I wouldn't even come close to addressing it until there's an, a reason to address it. I wouldn't even think about that. The young man's a good player, but we got to see, there's a lot of football yep. left to see it. The more you get hit, the you get through that? Uh, There's a lot on the table here, and he's just a true freshman. I think he's going to be a really good player, but a lot of water under the bridge just yet before we can go there. He's got a
1: couple of nice pieces around him. I've always thought the wide receivers are the easiest place to, to be equal to other people if you're a Vandy. But then, Watson, I look on the defensive end, and they've given up. More than fifty to Alabama, more than fifty to Ole Miss. Probably going to give up a bunch in Athens. So there's the problem defensively. They don't
2: stack. I just, I just think it's, it's too early. It, there, there, he's about between one fourth and and one and fifth third. of the way to where he needs to be. Just he's, I've said it to you a bunch of times, he's got to keep recruiting. He's got to keep developing, keep recruiting and keep developing. And then as they get older, maybe he can put a football team together that can compete in the SEC. And that's, that's all you can ask for. I mean, he, he said today, we're playing top 10 teams. You're going to play top 10 teams when you're playing in the SEC. It's going to happen. And that's and he knows that I'm not saying anything he doesn't know, and it's just the way it is. To me, if I'm Clark, I'm Coach Lee. I keep the blinders on, keep doing what I'm doing, and don't let things now that happen to you now affect what you're going to do down the road. The only thing he needs to do now, and I don't even th- I think you got to be careful with this. If you recruit a good freshman class let's say it's two freshman defensive linemen that are playing right now, good players, but they're not playing up to SEC standard. You can't just say, well, then I got to recruit a better player. No, maybe you got a good enough player. Now, the second piece of that is developing. Sure. He lives in that weight room. You teach him football. You teach him toughness. You teach him competitiveness. And before you know it, by the time he's a junior – he's what you want. What I mean by that, don't lose your patience and say that's not a good enough player. We got to go recruit an even better player. I think his first class, what I call his first class, was this year. It's a very solid class. Now can he develop that class and 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 depth, George? You can't win with a one solid unit in the SEC. Yet. What have I said to you a thousand times? It's not playing Alabama. It's playing Alabama, then Ole Miss, yeah. then Georgia, then LSU, on on then Florida. On. You just It's week after week after week. You can't handle that with 22 kids. So you, this is a process for him. And I think it's going to take two more really good classes before he can tell really where he is.
1: Okay, I want to get to what I'm guessing will be a teaching moment. And th- this is why I ask you this. 20 to 10, Vandy, a minute 20 left in the first half, and they're about to kick to Ole Miss. And if they go in up 20 to 10, man, that that sends some shock waves. But I turned to somebody next to me and I said, if Ole Miss scores here, this is going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss scores, 10, 15 seconds left in the half, 20 to 17. They've taken Vandy's best punch and they go into the locker room having slept But Watson, my point is those kids needed to know in the first half how to close the deal. And the truth of it is they haven't been in a position to experience it. Does that become a teaching moment?
2: Well, it it can become a confident moment. You have to learn to get through that and make the plays. They were caught in a coverage quarters coverage to the field where that corner is one-on-one. If you run the inside receiver on some kind of inside deeper route and you take the outside guy and run a deep post, that's exactly what Ole Miss did. That corner has to make that play. That goes to recruiting, developing, and poise and confidence, confidence and poise, as I like to say it, comes into play. And the corner got isolated one-on-one. He got beat really good kid makes the catch and they go in and score. So, I mean, yes, but it, it it's a development piece, George. It's not, it's hard to keep getting beat and, and gain confidence Yeah. sooner or later. That kid's got to start making plays when he starts making some plays, which if he's good enough, he will. And then everything starts growing from there. It, it's so hard when you lose, everybody says, man, you learn so much from losing. No, that's not always true. I always thought I could teach my guys and be much harder on them when we won mm-hmm. than when we lose. You've got to be careful. They're fragile. They're hurting just like you are. And if you go after them in a negative competitive way, right then, I'm not sure that helps. So Clark's got a lot to deal with here in the next few years. And I think he's off to a good start at what he's doing, but it's a process, man. And, 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 the minute that he loses it and starts getting away from his thought processes, then he's going to head in the wrong direction. I think recruit, develop, keep coaching the fool out of them. And in three years, the end of the fourth year, going into the fourth year, he'll know where he is. I
3: did. He will know too. Watson, well, you'll like this. I know you talk about learning moments this weekend. AJ Swan's going to learn a lot uh, playing on another SEC road test in, in Athens. He's set to become only the second SEC true freshman quarterback to start three straight games against AP top 10 teams. So, I mean, you got to believe as a freshman quarterback, I know, you know, Vanny's going to lose these games in this SEC stretch, but you got to believe, I mean, you're playing Alabama at Alabama and Georgia at Georgia in your first year. I mean, that's, that's got to help a little bit for him. And just, right. just in terms of learning what that's like.
2: Well, there ain't many quarterbacks done that because there ain't many quarterbacks playing the SEC. You're not going to be playing three straight top ten teams unless you're in the SEC. Right. <laughs> that's the only conference that's going to have that. And very seldom do you have that anyway. Very seldom are there three. Right now there's four. Tennessee's the fourth one, and they're going to catch them down the road here in a little bit. But, yeah, there's a lot you learn, and, and but it's very important that Coach Lee controls how all of his coaches approach the players through this, Billy. You can't go in there and briarbeat them when they're losing, and you just can't do it. And you want to because you're so competitive and you want to get them better. Come on, man. You can do better than this. You better be careful through that. I don't care if it's top 10 or not. I don't care if you played one of them really good. I did that a bunch in Nashville. I played a bunch of teams really good. But I walked off the field with an L. And that just grows on you on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Then you play another one the next week. And it's a fine line to get over that hump, guys. Mm -hmm. I just think right now he's got to keep doing what he's doing because he can't be judged yet, in my personal opinion. Everybody says... Well, if he wins one this year, that's, I don't look at it that way. He's not there yet. If he sneaks a couple out here or whatever, okay. But that don't mean he's there either. It's a long process. And right now recruiting and developing is his biggest piece.
1: No, but Watson, I'll argue this one thing. What little fan base they have needs some morsel of encouragement.
2: I'm not saying that. I'm saying how to judge him. I'm not saying a win doesn't help the fan base and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about judging Coach Lee right now. If you want to judge him right now, it's a
5: crapshoot.
2: It's a a crapshoot. He's not good enough, in my opinion, to be judged. If he sneaks a couple of wins out, great for the fan base. Everybody will say they're on their way, but that don't also mean they're on their way. Okay, It's it's a long, long haul, and he needs a lot more players than he's got right now.
1: Stop there, because stat of the day, I know you're thrilled and excited that that's coming. It'll make it look like a fool. This is Main Street (laughs) Media television
0: serving williamson and surrounding counties bone and joint institute of tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch we offer physician clinics physical and occupational therapy advanced imaging and surgical services including interventional procedures call us at 615-791-2630 we're bone and joint institute of tennessee high-tech care for the hometown touch
7: This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs legs so bad, bad. I couldn't work for almost a year? year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
2: At Bart Durham Injury Law, we have handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call
1: at 615-242-9000. The high school football season is here and nobody handles Friday nights better
9: than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details. That's the name of the game here at, at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps is, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. And, and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools uh, in the Middle Tennessee area and we cover we try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point, and uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows. It's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid state games on the weekly basis. So you know whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're gonna have you covered from six to eleven.
1: Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk.
9: Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites.
6: Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA-graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
3: Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. Uh, we we lost power, so no music. Uh, quite uh, in and out of the breaks, uh, breaks anymore. But uh, we we <laughs> We we've still got stat of the day coming right at you. Brought to you by John English Antique Sports and Cards, as well as Eric Burner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can find John English over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. If you can get through this rain right now, you can visit them Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to five o'clock, and Saturdays from ten a.m. to five. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, shoot Eric Berner a call over with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. His number, 615-490-7052, or log on to their website. That's rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Okay, that brings us to today's stat of the day, George and Watson. 30 years ago today, which professional athlete became the first player to suit up for an NFL and MLB game on the same day.
1: Oh, not only do I have it, Washington. thats
2: That's got to be Dion, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um,
3: Boom. That's the quickest one.
1: So here's what went on. Supposedly, the Braves had no idea that he was going down to Miami to play in an NFL football game, they were none too happy about it. They were playing, I want to say game two of their national league, um, you know, championship series thing with the pirates back then it was still two divisions, Pittsburgh won the East Atlanta in a miracle, won the West. And so now they're in game two of a seven-game series against the Pirates up in Pittsburgh. And so after the game, dog-tired, he rents whatever, private plane, and flies up from Miami to Pittsburgh. And the Braves were none too happy about it because, you know, at that point, they had a lineup that was Otis Nixon in center, who could fly as their leadoff hitter, a former Nashville Sound. Dion batting second in right field. He could fly. They were a team that was running like crazy. And anyway, um, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to think. I don't remember if they won or lost that game. Anyway. 30 years ago today. Wow.
3: Is, will there be another athlete to the level of Dion? I know Bo Jackson was up there, you know, in terms oh, yeah. of what he did.
2: Oh, yeah, he was.
3: <laughs> but, you know, those two guys, I, I mean, I don't know that there will ever be. Oh, yeah. Players like that. Who, who and, would
2: and, be next close? Brian Jordan? I will strongly say there will be another athlete do it. Athletes get better and better. Better and better. As they come out now, they're better athletes than they were when I was coming out. I mean, there yeah, will be another poor, athlete that can do both of that, these. And
1: yeah, but Watson, will teams allow that arrangement? Who said uh,
2: if they're good enough, they will. They did Bo. They did Dion. I, I say yes. There will be another athlete. Maybe not be in our lifetime, George, but in Billy's lifetime, there will be another one to it. <laughs> Hopefully, I get not that bearded. you're going to die tomorrow, George. I, I I don't I don't want that.
3: Oh, that got sure. dark?
2: Wow, <laughs> it really did. I mean,
3: but I ask because you know we've seen the possibility with with a guy like Kyler Murray before, um, you know, and other guys, but it just hasn't you know, happened yet. Hold
1: on a second. I don't see Watson <laughs> getting up in the eulogy, going, "He was a great man." He was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, I would, George. Yes. You know I would. what? I'll slip you some money. Okay. It, it, Just it, reach it. into the casket and see <laughs> see what's there. Okay, we've lost totally. This but... is where we need to lose power. <laughs> so are we now officially? into the 5 o'clock, even though it's 5.03?
3: We are. We've been in the (laughs) 5 o'clock hour, a few minutes here, and it is brought to you by Middle Tennessee Bone & Joint. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. MTBJ has the staff, training, and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Log on to their website at mtbj.net for more information.
1: Okay, we're going to get into some issues in the National Football League that have really reared their ugly head in in the last week or so and have got people scratching their head. Now, having never been a defensive lineman anywhere but fifth grade gray Y, I don't have the total perspective here, but... You think? (laughs) You think? I'll say this. I couldn't pass
2: on that one. Now.
1: I just couldn't pass on that one. For the record, I didn't like getting hit. I, I and in the NFL, honestly, nobody great. does, George. No, I would have been great as a quarterback because the way they've got it right now, nobody can breathe on anybody. That's so so are we Brady. right? Are we now prepared to show example number one?
3: Yes, you want the Tom Brady one. This is the Tom Brady
1: one. Sunday against Atlanta, we've slow-moed it for good reason. Oh, my God, he got breathed on. (laughs) Watson, what is a defensive lineman supposed to do at this point?
2: Nothing. There's nothing you can do. He didn't pick him up and slam him. He grabbed him around the waist and rolled with him. Watch. Just watch. He didn't sling him. He rolled with him. He gets him around the waist, and they both roll. He rolls him down. He don't lay on top of him. He don't get on top of him and point a finger. This is this is nothing but Tom Brady totally intimidating a referee. That's it. I'm telling you. That's all that is. That's ridiculous.
1: That was Absolutely. at a point in the game where the Falcons had rallied to get to And they
2: return. may win the game. Yeah, are right here. They've gotten within
1: 21-15, and now, because Tampa keeps the football, basically the game is over.
2: Watch watch Tom at the end of this. Kick the kid. He wasn't happy. Watch him kick the guy. Should have been called on Tom. There's nothing the kid did. He don't. He don't lay on him. He don't do anything. And as the kid's getting off of him, quickly he gets off of him. And Tom kicks him, if you watch it all the way through. Right there, he kicks at him, and wow, th- this I one to me, oh yeah, this this is ridiculous. This is the Tom Brady uh, intimidation right here. Oh, there's no question about it. And and I I have if they're not going to change this, George, and have you got the other one to show? Too? Oh yeah, we're going to do that. You want to show that, that first and then talk about it or okay. talk about.
1: So the next one is this Derek Carr play Monday night at Arrowhead. And this results in a fumble. You're going to see a better angle of this. Watch closely. Chris Jones on a strip sack gets the football and has the audacity to tackle Derek Carr, (laughs) who probably, when he saw this film, ended up laughing going are you kidding me? What is a defensive lineman to do there?
2: this do one you- isn't as as bad as the Brady one but what else can he do he's going for the ball First thing he does is not put his helmet in the back of car. what's the first thing he does when he gets there he goes for the ball. watch. He reaches for the ball, his arm for the ball, and all he's thinking about as he tackles him is get the ball. He's not laying on top of him. He's not jamming him in the ground. There's nothing this kid else can do. Okay, There's let me a, ask. If they're gonna keep it this way, guys, if they're gonna keep it this way, they have got to they've got to instant replay this. That's the only thing they can do. And as soon as they do, they're going to overrule the call. You can't keep the, if you're going to keep the rule, the calls the way these officials and it's referees doing it. If these referees are going to make these calls like this, it's got to go to the, up to the box and, and be overruled. Both of those are overruled on the spot. If they decide to send it to the box. And I think that's all you can do or change the rule. I understand what they're doing. You want these quarterbacks to play every week. Sure you do. These fans want to see these quarterbacks play. And that's what they're trying to do. I get it. I think they should. A long season like these NFL guys play. I wish they'd do more of this in college personally and protect these college Mm -hmm. quarterbacks better. But this is ridiculous. And if this is what the referees are being trained to do, George and Billy, then they got to send it upstairs. They got to send it to me, treat it like a fumble. What are these, what are these officials doing on a fumble now? They call go it a fumble. Okay. You want to call this and there's doubt in your mind, call it, call it, and then
1: go upstairs. To go upstairs and overrule or, it.
2: Both of these are overruled on the spot.
1: Okay. I get what they're trying to do. They want to keep in, in the last couple, three years, the drew breezes, the Brady's the stars, that you're paying the money to see they want them there. They're not as interested in you seeing Josh McCown. I get that. Did you like that one?
3: That was a good one.
1: Yeah. Um. They're, they're not as interested um, in you seeing Blaine Gabbard. Did you like that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. But Watson, here's the part I don't get. Okay. These officials at some point, and I realize this is easy for me to say because I have never been down there in the heat of battle as a referee, but where is their common sense to say to themselves, what is this guy supposed to do?
2: You know, George, what I've learned about officiating and and the higher levels you go more so, they're trained animals. (laughs) They're trained. That everything is by the book these nfl they 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 all 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 season they're okay now this is blah, blah, and they're trained by the book and i think the book don't let them have common sense so if they see a guy fall on a guy if they see a body fall on the quarterback if they see a body roll over and think he might have slung him to the ground when that kid didn't do that then they're trained animals, in my opinion. We're all animals, but they're trained animals. And I I don't think by the rule they're playing by, we're going to see this more. If they want to save the season in some ways, I'm not sure they don't need to deal with this right now. Right now, come up with a way to say, we need a second look at this.
1: Okay, you've hit the real answer, which is, you're going to have to take this play to review. That is the only thing ultimately that is going to decide this. And you've made a really good point here that, that is really sad in the NFL. They are a bunch of trained robots who are not allowed to think are not allowed to decide degree of, of, you know, aggressiveness you know you know the difference between pile driving and those two plays we just saw and yeah. yet they're apparently either too scared to diver- differentiate i mean i'm just amazed
2: I, I just good. i think there is so much emphasis on protect these quarterbacks protect these quarterbacks protect these quarterbacks that that referee starts that game protect these quarterbacks protect these right. quarterbacks and it cost one team a chance to win, and the Chiefs won, but barely, and that play hurt. That was, that was uh, third down again. That was punt the ball. And uh, both of those plays are just – and you and I sitting here as fans watching it say, that's ridiculous, but we don't know what's been trained, what's been put in the head of these referees on these kind of calls. And, and, uh, okay, lean toward the quarterbacks, but have a second way to get a second look at it. And wouldn't you think if one of those two, if both of those two weren't overturned, then I don't even know if you need a review. If that's the way they're going to call it, I don't know how you play defensive line anymore. I don't either. George, I, I mean, you might as well. What, put a, what a is, skirt what, how on do you them. get him on the ground? How do you might touch? as well
1: at this point put a skirt on the quarterback and then make it two-hand touch.
2: I don't know. I put next thing we're going to have to do, I guess, is put flags on them, and you got to grab the flag if you're a defensive lineman. You can't touch him; you just grab the flag. I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous to me, and this is going to get worse instead of better because we had two this week. Okay, I'm
1: going to I'm going to throw one thing you're not going to agree with this. Okay? One of the more disappointing aspects of the first play, if I'm Arthur Smith, I'm all the way out to the logo at midfield, absolutely ripping that officiating staff and he didn't. No. I mean, if I'm if I'm one of Atlanta's defenders, I'm like, "Where the hell is my coach?" Why isn't yeah. he out here? you know, trying to help us. I mean, the game's lost. The play has allowed Tampa to have the football to close out the game. Why isn't Arthur Smith either jumping off that pirate ship in the end zone in Tampa or or hauling butt out to midfield and just chewing the referee to the point that it is so... It, that, that he makes such a scene that the NFL gets forced to do something to him, but his players are like, by golly, my coach has got my back.
2: No, we're there. they I said, trained animals, trained robots is probably a better way to say it. So is the coach. He's a trained robot. And the NFL says, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. We'll find the fool out of you. If you do, if you notice, neither one of them said anything after the game. And Andy Reid said when he was asked, you're trying to bait me into a major big fine here, and I ain't yeah. going for it. That's what Andy Reid said after the game. But You're you know trying what? to bait me into a big fine, and I'm not going for it. Okay, but you know what's stupid about that?
1: Arthur Blank's got enough money from here to the, the coast.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> so what? So you something's
2: got trying. to get with what it, George. You, and you may be, you may be on to it. Maybe these coaches have just got to start raising Cain about oh, it. Oh, they absolutely, because it's going to happen again. I'm telling you, it was two different referees in two different games. They looked very similar. Brady's was even worse to me. I mean, Brady didn't even hit the ground. Yeah, no. at least the Chiefs guy fell on on the top of the Raiders quarterback a little That's bit. Dark. But yeah, a car, but Brady don't even hit the ground hard. And he's the one that should have had the flag. Yeah. He kicked at the kid. And there's no reason to because I thought the kid was very nice to him
1: well, in the Tom, way he tackled him. But Tom, Tom controls the league. And that oh, play sort of proved it.
2: That one I said, that was nothing but Bradyism. That's okay. It.
1: After the break, We're going to get into the second piece of what went on this weekend. The analytics people have lost their minds. They have overdosed on stupid pills, and we will talk about it next on (laughs) mainstream media television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last 7 years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in real
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies
1: will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time.
6: I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000.
5: This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com.
1: So, I'm trying to figure out by Billy's music, is this about the Braves or the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, this
3: is about the Braves. Okay. Scheduled start time,
1: 6.30. Yeah, for those who are watching this live, uh, about a three-hour rain delay is what everybody thought would happen. They were supposed to start at 3.30 Nashville time, so they're going six thirty. Yep, six
3: thirty tonight. Watson, I'll be home chopping.
1: You will be chopping,
3: brother. We'll be chopping. Does this You'll be a nervous chop? Does this affect your bet of the day? Because because they were going to start at three thirty.
2: You know what? <laughs> oh, don't give him don't give me ideas now. To...
3: Yeah. But this is a big game, George.
2: I, yeah. I don't, do you want to be involved in this? Yes, I do. Okay, you may need to... I a, do.
1: This may, there may be a switch. There might be. We'll, we'll figure that out during the next commercial break. So, Watson, I want to go to the fourth quarter of the Chiefs-Raiders game at Arrowhead, where I believe the um, the the analytics people absolutely lost their minds... And as I brought up yesterday, one of the things that's a little disturbing is that the coach gets caught in the press conference trying to explain this stupidity. And you never, the the analytics weasels never make it down to the podium. (laughs) They're up there with their little notebooks and their calculators. There's an 87% chance this will work. And the owners, it appears to me, are stupid enough to be forcing the coaches to take this analytics crap as gospel. So let's take item number one. Somewhere, and I don't have the exact time in this, but the Chiefs score a touchdown to go up seven, pending the extra point. Instead, they don't, kick the extra point and they decide to go for two and I hear Troy Aikman say well if if they made this it's suddenly a two possession game Watson I'm just sitting there shaking my head going are you kidding me this is stupid
2: well and I think there's one worse than that later
1: oh yeah we're gonna get to it
2: yeah I mean there, <laughs> so I don't know when you want to deal with Delve into this, George. But it, the first thing that you said that I would be adamant about, I guess I wouldn't last very long. But <laughs> the, it's the coach's football team, and if he is answering to an owner that he's going to make decisions off of this because the go- owner tells him, "I want you to," ain't no way.
1: Don't ain't you? No way I I do that. Sir, don't you think that's absolutely going on in Denver? I don't know.
2: But if I'm a coach, I can't imagine a coach having an owner say, you make decisions by what this guy tells you. I'm going on the spot. I'm not doing that. I'm just maybe, maybe I believe in analytics, but an owner telling me you use these analytics every time you make these decisions. No way. It's my, it's my firing. It's me going in front of those press people, as you're saying. It's not the analytics people and it ain't the owner. It's me and it's, it's on me. It's my signature. I don't care who you want to blame it on or say it goes right to the head coach and it goes on his resume. Ain't no way I'm doing that unless I believe it's the right thing to do. Now I do think there's coaches that in the country, that are starting to say it's the right thing to do. I think that's the next thing we fix it to talk about.
1: Right. But, Watson, here's one of the things that a coach said to me. I'm not going to say who it is, but the coach said, I've never made a lot of money in my life. I'm now making over a million bucks a year. And if this is what it's going to take for me to get this paycheck, even though I don't agree, I'm going to do it. Wow.
2: I guess we all got a price at some point, but I don't know how that's,
1: you wouldn't believe it. If I told you off the air, who said it?
2: Uh, it, No, I, and I'm, and I'm not trying to judge. I'm trying to tell you how I would feel to me. I would look at that as letting my team down. I'm doing something for money that I don't think's best for them, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's the way I would look at that. I just I just don't want to be bought. I, I, yeah. Again, n- taking no shots at any coach, I'm talking about me. And if I was told you want to keep your job, you do this, and I don't feel it's the right thing to do, maybe I say okay, but then I get in a game and I get to a point where I know it's not – I don't feel it's the right thing to do, but I go ahead and do it anyway – I don't think I could sleep that night, George. I'm letting all those players down by not making the decision that their boss thinks I should be the one making that decision. And I don't know. I just, that's the way I look at it. And I'm for sure not taking any shots at whoever you're talking about. I don't Don't mean it in a personal way.
1: Don't you think that ended up happening last Thursday night in Denver?
2: I I, I mean,
1: it's hard for me to say. Well, when Uh, the coach says in the press conference, I was given the go-ahead.
2: By the analyst.
1: Yes. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, who right now looks a little clueless and a little overmatched. They brought in, I want to say this right, they brought in a guy off of John Harbaugh's staff in Baltimore who apparently is a you know an expert at this kind of stuff to help Hackett, who has looked lost, and Hackett in the post game press conference said when asked why did you go for it on fourth down instead of kicking what really was kind of a chip shot about a twenty yard field goal, he said I was given the go ahead. Really. Yeah. That's kind of passing the
6: the
2: go ahead. To to me, that's passing the buck. That's not taking responsibility as the head coach and take the good with the bad. And this is on me. I made the call. He's saying, "Well, I made the call, but but this guy told me it's the right thing to do." I look at that again. I got to be careful here because I don't mean to get personal, but. To me, that's an inexperienced coach that don't know what to do. I was a head coach for 32 years. I'll have a, there's probably nothing that I hadn't been through. So I'm going to be a little harder on the other side. I've lost my share of games, okay? And that's what somebody can come back and say, well, you lost a lot of games. Yeah, I did. But I gained a lot of experience through it. So maybe I look at this different than these young coaches do, George. But dang, I go back to what I just said. How in the world... Do you put it off of some analyst sitting up in a box to make a decision for 53 football players and their families and 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 making more money when you get to the playoffs and all of the things that go into this? I, I want it on me. I'm the one getting paid to make the decisions for the team. I want it on me. And if it isn't good, I'm going to take credit for it. I'll say it. Bad call. I've said that many times in my life. and. So I'm different with this now. I, you're you're talking to a dude that's not for these analytics whatsoever, and we're going to get into why I'm not for him here in a little bit too. But anyway, so you, you might need to get a guy sitting next to me here to give the other side of this because I'm not going to give the other side. I don't well, see okay. the other side. You never in
1: your coaching career really had to deal with this.
2: Yeah, I had to deal so- with it a bunch.
1: But analytics. analytics.
2: I had to make decisions they're making. But I know that. But what
1: I'm saying is, you didn't have UAB didn't hire an analytics guy. So I'm going to ask the question, even though it's personal Does North Carolina have an analytics guy? I have no clue
2: because I've never cared enough about it to ask.
1: Well, okay. Let me try. I'll ask.
2: I'll find out. Let me ask this
1: way. Do you think Mac at this age in his career, would allow himself to be told by some analytics weasel what it is he's going to do in game situations? Are you going to go for two against Clemson? Or are you going to – you remember that game that – I mean, I just don't buy it. Absolutely not.
2: (laughs) I mean, I laugh at that. Somebody's going to tell Mac what decision to make? you got to be kidding me. That ain't ain't happening. Right. I'm going to take shots at myself here a little bit. When I was an offensive coordinator, I was much more of a go-for-it guy and looser than I was when I was a head coach. Agree. And I look – thank you. And I look back (laughs) on it now and – I was not aggressive enough and going for fourth downs and doing those type things as a head coach. When I was a coordinator I, and the coach's ear. we can make this, we can make this, we can make this. And so I got to, con- I let the head coach piece, get me too conservative. Mm-hmm. And if I ever if I, in my next life and I'm a coach again, which if I did it twice, I would be an idiot. But if I'm in my next life and I'm a coach again, I would be totally different. With this. I would go, I would be much more what I see that Lane Kiffin be. Yeah. He is much more of a riverboat gambler. The places I coached, George, that were always underdogs, I've told needed you to be. I've gone back, probably 80% of my games, I was an underdog in. Then why wouldn't I be more aggressive than I was? So I'm taking shots at myself here, but at the same time. I wouldn't be more aggressive with an analytic guy telling me to be. That wouldn't do it for me.
1: Okay, let's go to the second play, which involves Devontae Adams makes the catch that we think is going to result in a tie. But instead, with four and a half minutes to play, Josh McDaniels, whether it was his decision or some analytics person, decides to go for two which has me going, wow, really? And my really in it, Watson, was whether they scored the two-point conversion or not, they were still going to have to stop Kansas City no matter what. So why do do
2: it? There's nearly five minutes to go in the game. I mean, this game's long from over. That could be three or four more possessions. I mean – you get late in the game and everybody speeds up or whatever. Tie the game, tie the game, and then make Kansas City be the aggressor. And I don't, I, I, that one blew my mind. You, you got to get the game. You don't want to be behind. That puts more pressure on you to have to catch up. Tie the game and then try to stop them. And then if they go down and score, then you react to that. But getting a stop. And then getting the ball back to go down and score behind, I don't know. That one, of all the ones I've seen, of all the ones I've seen for the last few years with all this analytic stuff, that one blew my mind the most. Tie the game up, man. You're underdogs.
6: Put
1: the heat on the Chiefs. Right. If they had scored the touchdown with 29 seconds left and then made the decision to go for two, fine with
2: that. You want to go to overtime, or do you want to try to end right. it right now?
1: Because McDaniel's could say, if we go to OT, they have had so much. Kansas City has had so much success in overtimes. We don't want to do that. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go for two. I would have had no problem with that. But with four and a half, five minutes left in the game, I'm just like, who is calling the shots here?
2: Yep, I 100% agree. They're the underdog. Tie the game. Four and a half minutes to go. I think it was 422 or something like that. Four and a half minutes to go. Put the pressure back on the Chiefs. When you go for two and don't make it, you haven't put any pressure on the Chiefs. Do you think that tied game or one point down, the Chiefs aren't going to go down and try to score? It wouldn't have changed the Chiefs' thought process, whether the game's tied or the Chiefs are down one, George. They're, they're, they're going to go try to score. And even down within one point ahead, the Raiders are moving the ball. The Chiefs aren't going to sit there and run it three times and punt it back to them. They're not going to do that. They're going to go down and try to get points. And that's also Andy Reid's mentality. Yeah, He is an aggressive guy. I can, here's a great example on me. I'm playing Mississippi state. We're tied. We, that we make them punt. Now, where are you? I mean, I've beaten them in Starkville the year before. I've got them tied in, in Birmingham with 33 seconds to go. They punt it to my 40. My quarterback had gotten knocked out of the game in the last series before that. So we got the ball. We got 33 seconds. Instead of me being aggressive, we probably got to gain about 25 yards, have a chance to win it. Instead of me being aggressive with one timeout left, I run a screenplay, don't work, and I end up just running the clock out and going to overtime. Did you I look get booed? back on that. I was an idiot. Did you get booed? No, but I got eat up after the game. Yeah. I don't remember getting booed because yeah. it was a big night for our fans and we were in it and had a chance to win it. We did take them to overtime, lost in overtime, by the way. And, and, but I got eat up later and I deserve to. I look back on it now. Go for it, man. You're the under. We were yeah. 20 point not underdog. The first time you've talked about this one. No, I, I know. And it's hurt me. This yeah. one has hurt me. And it was at the end of my career there. It was my last year at UAB, and then I went to, I left and went to Tennessee Tech. And, and uh, uh, that one hurts. So I'm not sitting here taking shots at coaches. I've done stupid stuff myself, but I am taking shots at this analytics. And, George, before we finish, the reason I'm not for analytics, analytics has no idea what the weather is. They have no idea how I've moved the ball against that defense up to that point. They have no idea my player against their player. If, if I'm playing against the Georgia defense, I might have a different mindset than I do. If I'm playing against the, the uh, Memphis defense or whatever, they have no idea anything. They have no idea if it's raining cats and dogs and I've got fourth and two and I'm going to go for it. Instead of trying to kick a field goal analytics is on paper. Paper is not the game itself. The competition of player against player, offense against defense, freezing cold weather, There's they have no idea that it's been raining the whole game and we've already fumbled four times, and the other team has fumbled three times. It's a sloppy, wet ball. I mean, they, I don't understand how analytic you would listen to that over all the things that have happened in the game up to that point. I don't understand that.
1: Great stuff. We'll go to the break, Watson. We may have some fast adjusting to do with plaster
2: bed of the day. I know the adjustment. You know it's a big game. Ain't no way you ain't taking the breaks. Ain't no way.
1: Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. Oh, (laughs) hey.
10: Where have you been, George? I have, uh, I have been busy, man. I had a new agent meeting yesterday and I was already lamenting the loss from, uh, game one, but I feel (laughs) like, I feel like that, uh, now that we've got the the weather coming through, it's going to give some new life to the Braves. They just, they had that rest and now they're they're getting woke back up and they'll come out ready to play this evening.
1: Yes. And, uh, Plaster Bed of the Day will come up after this, and you may want to see it. So tell me what is going on in the housing world right now. I hear all kinds of different stuff, and I don't really know what's what right now other than interest rates are through the roof.
10: Well, interest rates are through the roof, I mean, as far as compared to two years ago. But are they through the roof compared to what a normal market would be? The answer is no. Um, you know, the, when your interest rates are sitting at, you know, six to 7%, that honestly is about where the, the average market is going to be. Um, now George, I've never professed to be a lender and I never will. Um, but I do have good people that are around me that know the lending game in and out. And, you know, just like yesterday, I was sitting there talking with, uh, you know, lender and, in a new agent meeting. And we were in basically learned that uh, sellers have the option now to do buy down points for uh, for a buyer. Now, what that can do is that they, they basically can say, well, if the rate is at 7% or at 699, from what I've heard today, if the rate is at 699, the seller can offer a concession to a buyer uh, to get that rate bought down for the first year and also for the second year. Now that rate can go down to 499 and then go back up to 599 on the second year. Uh, but that 499 and that 599 give that buyer, give the buyer a break, so to speak, uh, waiting for that interest rate to fall. Now it's not a guarantee that the interest rate is going to fall uh, back down to the threes or the fours or whatever. But let's just say that they get locked into a 699 rate uh, for a 30-year mortgage. Well, with this buy down rate from the seller, they could actually, if the rate came down to five, they could lock in on that 5% and save themselves almost 2% on the interest rate and still be able to get the house at a great deal, which is what we're seeing right now. The sellers are making concessions because they know that the buyers are having trouble affording the home that they were looking at because the interest rates fluctuate. So, you know, things like what we're talking about right now, George, that these are things that we do every day. Um, you know, this is what makes my business run, is the interest rates, keeping up with it, keeping a finger on the pulse with knowing good lenders, knowing good title companies. All these things come into factor when buying a home. So if you're going out there and you're wanting to buy a property, you're wanting to buy a home, you're wanting to take that next step, Call the people that care. Call the people that are actually working on this day in, day out, trying to make sure that you get the best deal possible. We have great lenders that are partnered with us. We have a great title company that we work with. We have the people to get you settled into your new home and your new property. All you got to do is give us a call.
1: Well done. Well said. We'll do it again tomorrow. George, thank you. Go Braves. Bingo. Plaster Bed of the Day is coming up next.
0: serving williamson and surrounding counties bone and joint institute of tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch we offer physician clinics physical and occupational therapy advanced imaging and surgical services including interventional procedures call us at 615-791-2630 we're bone and joint institute of tennessee high-tech care for the hometown touch
7: This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
2: At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000.
1: The high school football season is here and nobody handles Friday nights better than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details.
9: That's the name of the game here at, at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps. Is, you know We've been doing this for a long time now and, and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools uh, in the Middle Tennessee area and we cover... We try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point, and uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows. It's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid state games on the weekly basis. So you know whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're gonna have you covered from six to eleven.
1: Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk.
5: At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process.
6: My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation.
5: We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. Sumnerfuneral.com.
9: Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites.
6: Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA-graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
3: And I'm happy to be associated with Plaster's Bet of the Day, as that is coming right up. But it's all powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. They bring it to you every day here on the Plaster Bet of the Day. They have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. And before we get to the reveal of George's bet of the day, let's, let's get to his results. Last night, George, you, you got to win with the Yankees. And that was, uh, that was an interesting game last night.
1: Yeah, uh, Josh Donaldson almost blew it for me.
3: Almost. He thought
1: a ball got out of the park and it didn't, and he just sort of lollygagged a second, and got tagged out. That anyway, was as
3: close as it gets. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I had the Yankees minus a run and a half, and uh, and that was good. And we need more, and we need it tonight. Watson, here is tonight's plaster bed of the day.
3: Oh, he's going with him, Watson.
2: 100%. Yeah,
1: let me say this. you got to take the run and a half out because <laughs> well, that's that line is straight up. It is not minus a run and a half.
3: I just checked Fanduel; It said minus a run and a half. Well, they can.
2: Well, wait, 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 now. You can't just. That's what they did to me the other day in underdogs. I mean, Billy cut me off when I wanted another half a point.
3: <laughs> You know, I just checked FanDuel, I promise you.
1: I don't care what FanDuel has. (laughs) Who are you?
3: Who are you going by?
2: (laughs) Plaster. Plaster plaster bedding service. That's what he's going by, right?
3: Well, hold
1: on. I'm trying to pull it up right now just to see what in the world. So
3: that's why you won last night.
1: Oh. What this has minus a run and a half would be plus one sixty.
3: Okay, so I got the minus-144 that a little wrong.
1: wrong. (laughs) Zach Wheeler is a stud. This is not going to be easy. Zach Wheeler is also from Atlanta Mm. and has had a history of sticking it down their throat. Kyle Wright, Watson, who I have always been a big fan of. Yeah, buddy, you sure have. He needs to come through tonight.
3: Short memory. It's amazing. Or Or else that might be changing. So
2: how's the sun peeking in up there? Uh, We're fixing to get flooded, just like y'all just been through. It's just about to get to Cookville.
1: Let me say this. It gets through quick. Yeah. Because we we looked outside 20 minutes ago. For those who were watching it live around 4 o'clock, 4.15, man, it came flying through here. But pretty much it turned to drizzle by 5.15. Watson, that may be the good thing. Is it'll get through quick?
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's dark. It's we're we're well. Uh, by the time we get off the air, I think it's going to get us
1: tomorrow. We have underdog picks. My attempt conti- to continue a standard of excellence: 0. 0. 0.0. 0.0. Yeah. Does the streak stay alive? I don't know. I'm tired of it. Watson, you behave until then. Can't wait till tomorrow, babe. Billy, you try to behave as
3: well. I will, but George, real quick, the Braves are 16 and 1, and Kyle Wright starts since June 23rd. Thank take, you for sharing. Take that, that for what it's yeah. worth. Watson, try
1: yeah. to stay awake. This is a big game.
3: That 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 that
2: Kyle Wright, Billy, that can't play a lick. <laughs> Get rid of the dude. <laughs> Get him out of here. What are we doing?
3: Was that uh, was that during the radio days or oh that, that boy, was yes. Definitely during the radio, we was to find the radio to days. We need radio days, and I'm right, telling you it also, was
2: constant. If Every we time the boy his, pitched.
1: If we looked at his radio record, pitched. it wasn't all that good. Radio <laughs>
2: didn't record. say it was. Uh, but no, all was of a sudden not. now he's got to be you're hugging him tonight, babe.
5: Please, Kyle.
2: We
1: need
5: Please.
2: him. <laughs> he's like, George, don't go
1: back to radio. Listen. <laughs> Rest well.
4: <laughs> See you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> We're done. We've had a lot of fun today. Analytics <laughs> took us to a totally new level of <laughs> out of control. We'll regain composure tomorrow. This is Main Street Media
10: Television.